You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, Bills Mafia? Welcome to another edition of the Mafia Mavens podcast, a podcast from an all-female perspective about the Buffalo Bills. So this week, the Bills are coming off a gritty win in Nashville and heading into their bye week at four and one. I know I personally couldn't be happier with the outcome of these past five games, regardless of the loss to the Patriots. However, there are some Bills fans on Twitter that just want to complain no matter what the Bills do. And we thought instead of our hit list, We'd actually like to start reading some of the more outrageous tweets from Bills fans to have a good laugh on the show every week. So we hope you enjoy it. I'm going to start by reading Rockpile Reports tweet. Apparently, Drew was very unhappy. And he says, all of this J. Allen love has to end. Yes, Cody Ford is non-existent in protection. Yes, his wide receivers aren't getting open. But Allen hasn't been good, and it's the reason this game is tied. I refuse to accept this idea that he can't be better. But if he can't, then we're effed. Hashtag Buffalo versus Tennessee. Well, let's talk about that for a minute, Robin. <laughs> yeah, that was, I saw the tweet when it, when it came out, and I thought it was kind of interesting. I'm not really quite sure what to make of it. I think that all of the quarterbacks in that draft class with Josh Allen have some issues and they're a work in progress. So being impatient probably isn't going to get you anywhere right now. No, probably not. And it's just, I kind of had to laugh at that tweet a little bit. And I think he got a lot of hate for that tweet. And I know he's probably emotional during the games, which is what his co-host had said. And it looks like actually the tweet was taken down. But luckily, I had it here before he did that because I just I wanted to bring that one up. It's okay, Drew. <laughs> it's okay, Drew. We still love you. Absolutely. We just had to give you we had to give you a little bit of shit on that one. The next tweet comes from Fester da Buffalo Bills number one trash talker. So we know this is going to be good. He had a question and he said, "Just food for thought at Max Kellerman." What if the Buffalo Bills pick up Eli Manning and have Josh Allen learn at least for a year? Do you think the Bills would make it far this year with the weapons we got now having Eli Manning under center? He is a Patriots nightmare. Oh, my God. (laughs) Cricket. (laughs) Well, with all due respect, a couple of things. Number one, I'm not sure what benefit Josh would have from being tutored um, by Eli, because they're very different quarterbacks, uh, very, very different quarterbacks. And I can't picture Eli wanting to play in Buffalo at the end of his career. So um, that's that's an odd one for sure. The only thing I could say is no, just no. 
I, I can't even answer that with a straight face because it's just bad on so many levels. And the answer is just no. He's our quarterback. Josh Allen's our franchise quarterback. He will start until he's done. And that's just the final answer. I'm with you. All right. So then we move on. Matt Perino had some good stats that I want to read because it will lead into the next tweets. He says, Baker May failed through five games, four touchdowns, eight interceptions, 54.62 completion percentage, 1,247 yards. Josh Allen threw five games, five touchdowns, seven interceptions, 62.6 completion percentage, 1,122 yards. And I also want to add the three rushing touchdowns as well, because I think rushing touchdowns are a big part of Josh Allen's game. So they have to be included. So really, it looks like an eight touchdown, seven interception stat line from there. And the Bills are four and one. The Browns are two and three. Okay. We see that Josh Allen actually does look a little bit better than Baker Mayfield this year. And he has, you would argue, less offensive weapons than the Browns do. And that leads me to... My next tweet, it's from a Browns fan that I follow, and I love, love his statuses. And he has actually been banging the drum for Josh Allen since day one. He wanted the Browns to actually draft Josh Allen. And he likes Baker Mayfield, but he just believes in in Allen a lot more. He says, I don't see the Buffalo Bills quitting on Josh Allen. The kid is a leader, and he's prepared. Josh isn't even close to what he'll be, which is scary. And my reply to him was, the Bills love Allen. He tells every player that he loves them before every game. The offense does a meet and greet deal every practice like they haven't seen each other in weeks. The culture is real in Buffalo and the players have truly gathered around Allen. And then I showed him the video where Lee Smith was talking to Allen after an interception. And he's basically like, you know, I love you like a a little brother, but that's on us. One thing I know about you is that you're not a me kind of guy when you're doing great. So don't be a me kind of guy if you do something bad. So these players truly do gather around him. And the Browns fan, whose name is Papa Kelch on Twitter, his response was this. He says, yep, that's why I had Allen as a five-star guy. Forget he has the best arm ever and is a faster, stronger version of Big Ben. He scored super high on the Wonderlick and is a very humble kid who will work his ass off. The Bills will never quit on Josh Allen. And I think that is an incredible point to bring up because... They will never quit on Allen. Allen loves them. They love him. He's the quarterback. And there will never, ever be a question about that in Buffalo. You agree? Absolutely. It's a match made in heaven for a number of reasons. I can't imagine a guy from Firebaugh, California, raised on a farm, basically, dealing with the New York City media, for example. The small town feel of Buffalo is just right for Josh Allen. And Josh Allen is just right for for Buffalo. So I don't have any problem with that at all. The other thing I'd add, it's interesting because we're always going to compare the 2017 quarterbacks, but the Browns fan, I wonder how he feels today after Baker Mayfield pretty much shit the bed last night. He didn't have a very good game at all. No. And his offensive line didn't help him out at all. It didn't. Failure on the Browns part. Failure. It didn't. And it speaks to, I think, our front office and their philosophy that if you look at how the bills are structured compared to the Browns, they put a lot of money into their skill positions. You know, Odell Beckham Jr., you know, Jarvis Landry, et cetera, et cetera. Bills don't do that. Where they put their money is it up front in the lines. And I think that's smart because Baker Mayfield looked like he was running for his life last night. 
he doesn't have a very good offensive line in front of him. And Josh Allen has an offensive line that's in flux. Good grief. Look at how many players were in and out of the last game. Mm. But these players, this offensive line for the Buffalo Bills, I think has a much brighter future. Let me put it that way. Yeah, they do. And Baker Mayfield isn't a very big guy. He's not 6'5", 200 and almost 50 pounds like Josh Allen is. He's going to get shoved and pushed around and he's going to get hurt. And the Browns, once again, were inept at, at protecting him. Like you said, the Bills didn't sign a lot of star players, big names. They didn't need to. What they did is they went out and got depth so that Allen could be protected no matter who's on that offensive line. So I think that's a great job. Absolutely. So the last tweet I do want to read, and this is absolutely hilarious. I think this is how most of Bill's mafia feels at this point, except for those few negative Nancys. And this comes from Bobby Baklava. He says, at Josh Allen QB, you can sleep with my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's the kind of content that I want to see when I open Twitter. That's absolutely what I want to see. And I love it. There you go. There you go. That sums it up right there. All right. So that's this week for tweets that we have found on Twitter that were either outrageous or made sense or from other fans' perspectives. So keep up the good tweeting, fans, from all over, because we're going to be reading one of yours on our podcast someday. So here comes the obligatory Josh Allen report. Let's talk about him, Robin. How was his decision-making this week? Much better. Much better. I I almost found it humorous, though. If you watch the game, you could see him choosing to slide. But the look on his face was, I really don't want to do this. But he's making smarter decisions. He's sliding. He's going feet first. He's been more efficient, I think, reading the defenses. He didn't mm-hmm. try to do too much. He was just kind of letting the game come to him, which I think is progress. Every week I see progress. Now he falls back into old habits and he has a bad game like he did against the Patriots. But what I like is what I see from him when he faces adversity. He comes back and he's better. He's ready to move on. He's still learning. Yeah. And guess what? This Titans defense was no joke. I mean, they're a good defense. And I had said in a tweet yesterday or the day before, whenever the game was Sunday, I don't even know what day it is anymore. But I had said that Adversity makes a team, and this Bills team is made because they have faced a lot of adversity throughout last season and this season. And even during the Tennessee game, there were, you know, bad referee calls. There were just all kinds of things that were going on. I think the tight ends, Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney, really had some drops that could have helped Josh Allen's stat line out a little bit. But you know what? Josh Allen wasn't asked to do much, but what he did do, I think he was pretty efficient at it. And I'll talk about that interception that he had because a lot of people harped on that and they focused on that because it was a bad interception. But I don't think it was all on him because running back TJ Yeldon actually stopped his route. And I think what happened was Josh Allen thought that he was going to be there and he wasn't and he threw the ball. So I think it was a little bit on both of them. He stopped the route, Josh Allen threw it even though he shouldn't have. But at the end of the day, it didn't cost us the game. Yeah, it cost us a score, but Josh Allen was able to come back and score enough points for our team with the elite defense to win. And I will say, I believe, this is just my opinion, that 
throwing an interception in the end zone, like we've seen Tom Brady do recently, like we've seen Baker Mayfield do recently, I think that kills a team more than some of the awful throws and interceptions that Allen makes. Because Allen's interceptions, the defense sometimes still has a chance to either stop the offense from scoring at all, or maybe just make it into a field goal where they don't score seven points. But when you throw an interception in the end zone, you're taking points away from your team. And I think that's more of a killer than some of the throws that Josh Allen makes. Right, right. Definitely the, the uh, interceptions in the end zone are, are drive killers. That's, that's for sure. Josh is maturing. When I look at him from week to week, I see a guy that's starting to see the lights go on sooner. And that's all I think that we should ask for at this point in time. He's a year into his career. I think he's getting better. He's getting wiser. He's reading defenses easier. Mm-hmm. You, you can see the progress. And as long as the trend line is in the right direction, I think we can all be patient with him. I think so, too. Isn't progress all that we wanted to see? I mean, he's going to come out and be a perfect quarterback right off the bat. After the bye week at Miami, that's, that'll be a 17th game. He's not going to be a Tom Brady or a Philip Rivers or Drew Brees or any of the great quarterbacks that we associate with that kind of play right now. But he's learning and he's getting better. And that's all that we can ask for. And as this team gets better and as the offensive line gets healthier and as they gel and as he connects more with his receivers, especially Duke Williams, this team will get better and Josh Allen will get better. And I think that's the thing that fans want to see the most. Absolutely. The other thing that's going to be interesting to see is how he develops chemistry with Duke Williams. Bringing up Duke Williams is an interesting point as Zay Jones gets traded to the to the Raiders I never thought Zay had chemistry with Josh Allen. It just did not seem like they were on the same page. Duke went out there and it looked like it was automatic. So I'm looking for some improvement in that regard. I think having Duke in the game, being a possession receiver like he is, he'll fight for the balls that Zay wouldn't exactly fight for, as we saw. Yeah, and I agree with that as well. And I think for whatever reason, and I had said this before to people that I just don't think that Josh Allen fully trusted Zay Jones on the field. I think he's a great guy off the field. Duke said that he prayed over him before his game on Sunday. He's just an amazing person, but I just don't think that Josh Allen and him had the rapport that they needed, especially with how high the pick Zay Jones was. And the other thing I want to point out is that some people are blaming this Zay Jones draft pick and what they gave up to move up to get him in the draft on Brandon Bean, but they need to remember that it was Doug Whaley who was the GM at that point. That's right. I think they need to scrap that idea right there because that, that was not a Brandon Bean pick. All right. Let's move away from Josh Allen a little bit, and we have to talk about the defense because they're just amazing and so elite, and there's just so much to say. Jordan Phillips had a three-sack day on Marcus Mariota, and overall, they had five sacks. Talk to me. Tell me. What do you like? What are you seeing from this Bills defense, Robin? Well, you brought up Jordan Phillips, and I'll start right there because Jordan played lights out in this game, in the, especially in the first half with three sacks. I think it's important to remember that just because you're not seeing a lot of flash from Ed Oliver, that doesn't mean that he isn't having an effect. And furthermore, with Harrison Phillips out now for the rest of the season, Jordan Phillips has an opportunity at this point to cement his place on the team. He only signed a one-year contract with the Bills this year. 
So I would say if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he's going to ring the cash register at the end of the season, big time, and as well he should. And besides, how can you not love a guy that has breaking tables monogrammed on his shoes? Who could not like that? <laughs> Wasn't that amazing? When I saw Barstool Sports retweet that, I thought that picture was fake because I'm like, oh, they must have put that in there. But then I saw the AP photos. I'm like, he really has a broken table on his shoes. How fantastic is he? So I agree with that. And to your point about Ed Oliver, I believe he had the most tackles on Sunday, actually. So it almost looks like he had a quiet day, but he was, I think he almost had two sacks, but guys beat him to it and he had the most tackles. So he's, he's getting there. And he is making moves, trust me, just like Tremaine Edmonds. He might seem quiet, but he is chasing guys down and he's getting there on every play almost. So this defense is all the way around. I think all of these players are just playing so well. And just because they're not being featured on SportsCenter or um, you know, the NFL Network or they don't have huge stat lines doesn't mean they're not getting pressure and affecting the game. And I think that's important to note. Absolutely. And and just to point out on on Tremaine Edmonds, for example, people on Twitter have been kind of dissing him a bit. And I I think that's unfair. Just because he's not showing highlights on ESPN doesn't mean that he's not contributing a great deal to the defense. The past deflections that he's had are outstanding, but he's already racked up 35 tackles, 19 solo. Mm -hmm. So you can't say that he's not doing his job. No, he's getting his job done. That's for sure. And then what about, we have to talk about this. What about the Twitter war between Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson going against Taylor Luan? So what happened was after the game, the reporters were in the locker room and they were talking to uh, Lawson and Phillips about Titans offensive tackle Taylor Luan. He was serving a four-game suspension for taking Osterine, I think it's called, which is basically a drug that has similar effects to anabolic steroids. And they were asked about him because that was his first game back after his suspension. Jordan Phillips said, I was really happy Luan came back today. I'm glad he could be part of that today because Jordan Phillips had three sacks against Marcus Mariota. Shaq Lawson said, we knew what his weakness was. He gives up inside moves and this was an inside game. And then he told reporters that Luan was a fake tough guy. And that was what started it all because... The next day, Luan went to Twitter. He basically tweeted out a bunch of Shaq Lawson stats. And he said, shout out to Shaq Lawson and his dominant stats. Hashtag first round backup. You're a monster. Ha ha ha. And then said, you want to use my name to get clout stud? There you go. Enjoy. And then it was an all out war from there because all that happened was people tweeting him all the sacks on one sack. He was completely beaten by Shaq Lawson, and that enabled Jordan Phillips to come in and get the sack on um, Marcus Mariota. So it was actually kind of funny because he's bad-mouthing a team that, for most of the day, manhandled him. Rolled him, pretty much. And (laughs) I enjoyed the Twitter war. I was kind of surprised it went on as long as it did. I was surprised, too, because Sean McDermott's kind of a no-nonsense guy, and he's all about culture. So I thought he was going to shut that shit down a lot faster than he did. (laughs) But I was enjoying the ride personally. Give me all the drama. I'm here for it. I'm going to talk about it, and I'm here for it. Twitter wars, nothing better. All right. Here's another thing I want to mention. A lot of people are kind of talking about well, the Bills should trade for a receiver, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Green, blah, blah, blah. 
now that Duke Williams has been called up from the practice squad and we traded Zay Jones away, I think that for this year, our wide receiver position is stable. And Duke Williams is the kind of big-bodied guy that is going to go up and grab those contested balls that Allen throws. He loves to throw them. He wants to trust his receivers. And I know that Duke Williams will earn his trust by doing so. So with that said, our biggest need right now is defensive end. I don't know that there's anybody that we could sign or trade for right now. So I don't really see any trades happening. But here's the thing. Shaq Lawson wasn't re-signed after this season. Trent Murphy is injured a lot. Jerry Hughes, he's aging and he has two more years left on his contracts. And then you have Daryl Johnson, who we drafted, who looks to be a young stud, but he's just that. He's young. Our biggest need, I believe, heading into this offseason is defensive end. We absolutely need someone who can learn behind these vets and take their place once they're gone. What do you think? Absolutely right on. If I back up just a little bit in terms of wide receiver versus defensive end, again, go back to the structure that the front office takes in mind in terms of putting the money along the lines rather than the skill positions. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't you know, I don't see them wanting to spend huge amounts of money trading for Stefan Diggs or whoever the latest wide receiver of the day is that everybody wants. I think they would rather put their money elsewhere along one of the lines or the other. As far as a defensive end goes, you're absolutely right. Jerry Hughes is still playing at a very high level, but you never know when that drop-off is going to happen. And Trent Murphy, as you said, he's injured a lot. I think he's adequate. I don't think that he's going to be the guy that we thought he was going to be in terms of sacks and that sort of thing. And I do think that the defensive line would, if it's possible, even be better if they had a stud defensive end. Yeah, I agree. I think that's draft need number one this year. Um, sorry for all those wide receiver fans out there, but I think that can wait. And I think we do need a stud defensive end. So somebody asked this question. They asked, you know what, and I'm a horrible because I forgot to mark the tweet, but I do remember the question. I just don't remember who it's from. But they asked, how can the Bills not overlook Miami heading out of the bye week? I think that's a really important question. <laughs> uh, for all of the Bills fans of a certain age, we can all respond very nicely to that by saying, if you lived through the 70s, you will never overlook Miami. No matter how bad the record may be, you just don't overlook Miami or any division rival for that matter. But after losing 20-some games in a row to them in the 70s, I don't ever overlook them. Right. And I think the Bills fans or and the Bills as an organization, they always take a page out of the history books with that because division rivals are always the toughest games. And the thing is, Sean McDermott preaches culture and he preaches how you earn it. That's why Duke Williams was called up from the practice squad. He earned that spot. He will never, ever allow his team to overlook Miami because they are still a division rival. And you never know what's going to happen. And injury-wise, anything can happen at any moment. So I know that coming out of this bye week, that he will have his team prepared. So I'm not even concerned about that even a little bit, if I'm being honest. I'm right there with you. As far as the culture development, this team is prepared mentally. They're tough and they're not likely to slide back even after a bye week. I, I think they're a very focused team. I agree. All right. So there's one question 
that was asked on Twitter, the bearded photog asked, two-part question, do you see anyone throwing for 300 yards against our defense? If so, who? And two, do you see Josh Allen throwing for 300 yards and against who? And what I want to do is look at our schedule. I'll go through each team and I'll tell you what I think about that question. So if you will just give me one minute to pull it up. Well, while you do that, I want to say a shout out to the bearded photog because the questions are great. And he's one of my favorite Twitter followers. I, I love him too. I agree. He's just a great guy and he interacts a lot and he does a lot for Waddle's Warriors with Shelby Waddle and he's just a good guy. Okay. So I have the schedule here. Coming out of the bye week seven, we play the Miami Dolphins. That for me is probably the first game that I think Josh Allen puts up a 300 yard game because Devin Singletary will most likely be back. He's a huge part of our run game that's actually been missing for the last few weeks. And I just don't think Miami has what it takes to be able to defend Singletary and Gore along with Yeldon's pass catching abilities and Josh Allen, Duke Williams, John Brown, Cole Beasley. I don't think they have what it takes. I think he puts up over 300 yards coming out of the bye week, week seven. Now, looking at the rest of the teams, which teams do I think could put up 300 on the Bills defense? Probably none. If we were able to hold Brady, Tom freaking Brady, to under 300 yards passing, I think we do it again. I think we win that game at Gillette Stadium. That's my bold prediction right now. I do think we win. And the only thing that I could see where the Bills defense allows 300 is in a game like maybe Miami or against the Jets or against Washington, where the Bills have blown them out and it's garbage time. Maybe right. somebody like Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in and, you know, he's always capable of putting up a bunch of yards. That's the only way I see a team putting up 300 yards passing against the Bills defense. What about you? Right, right. I Looking at the schedule, it doesn't appear to me to be out of, you know, out of reason to think that they could do that. They could run the table without giving up 300 yards. How fun would that be? A lot of fun. And this, that's the other thing that's so much fun is watching this defense. The only thing that I wish we would, we would work on a little bit is some fumble recoveries. You know, we're doing okay for, for picking up interceptions. You know, the Patriots have 11 interceptions already. The Bills have five, but I'd like to see them get the ball jarred out, get some fumble recoveries because the team is okay in terms of takeaways, but they could. They could do a little better. Now, listen to me. I'm so picky, even though, you know, they're they're doing so well. In fact, I got a few defensive stats here that are kind of interesting. They came from Football Database and Pro Football Reference. Football Database has the Bills defense ranked third behind New England and San Francisco. And here's where the yards allowed are, are kind of interesting. The Patriots have allowed 1,192 yards so far. San Francisco, 1030, but they had a bye week. They've only played four games, so that doesn't really count. The Bears are at 1561, and the Bills are at 1375. So overall, we're right up there with the best of them in terms of overall yardage allowed. The passing defense is ranked third. The rushing defense is ranked eighth. So everywhere you look across this defense, they're, they're solid from front to the back. Yeah, they sure are. And I think it's Patriots and Bills are number one and number two defense. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it, and I won't change it. 
And I think you're right that the only thing I would like to see is some more turnovers because turnovers by our defense will put games away. That is something that I would like to see them step up with. And I think they will because we have some pretty crappy offenses coming up and I think the defense is going to eat. It's time. It's time. I'm ready for it. I'm ex- This is a fun season to be a Bills fan. So let's get to the very last part of our podcast, which is exciting. We have teamed up with Jim Ruther on Twitter. His handle is at Jimmy, J-I-M-M-Y-R-E-U-8-1. And every week we're going to be giving away signed Buffalo Bills items, courtesy of Jim Ruther. What you have to do, now you have to follow the rules, is you have to listen to our podcast and take a screenshot listening to our podcast. Send the screenshot to the thread that we tweet on the Mafia Mavens podcast on Twitter. You have to follow us at the Mafia Mavens, and you have to follow Jim Ruther, which I gave his Twitter handle earlier. When you do all those three things, you're automatically entered to win. This week, we had a bunch of entries, although I have to say that some didn't follow the rules. I originally picked a winner and they actually weren't following us, so I couldn't follow through with it. The winner I did pick was on an app. I was going to pick the winners live on the podcast, but I decided not to do that because I needed to make sure that they were following all the the rules first. So I picked it right before the podcast happened. And our winner of the Trey White autographed 8x10 photograph is William Burke at Burke underscore William 1. So congratulations to you, William. We will be getting with you and you will be receiving the signed autographed Trey White picture, courtesy of Jim Ruther. Make sure you follow him. Make sure you follow us. And for the next podcast, when we start the thread, make sure you screenshot a picture of you listening to our podcast. I think that's just a great thing that Jim's doing with us. Love him. He is just totally awesome. Just totally awesome. And William Burke, yay! Congrats, William. So we're going to wrap up here. We think we talked about a lot of different things. And before we go, I want to make sure that you're listening to all of the amazing podcasts on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. We have Believe, Blitz Bills, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Circling the Wagons, The Nick and Nolan Show, and of course, our Mafia Maven Show. They will all bring you fantastic perspective on the Buffalo Bills each and every week. As always, Bills fans, thanks for listening, and let's go Buffalo. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. 
Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.